Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome back in to the Financial Flight Plan podcast. I am Ben George. She's Bree Reyes. She is Investor coach and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services. Good to talk to you again, Bree. How you been? Doing well, Ben. We're trying to stay. It's still summer here in Texas, which yeah. basically lasts until November. And then it, we have two nice days of fall and then it becomes cold. It's <laughs> the weirdest thing. DFW weather is insane, but it's so insane that it is 108 outside right now. Oh, boy. And I have broken down and bought an inflatable pool for the backyard. Like one of the big ones? No, like not not a big one. Okay, <laughs> one for See, Nate Nate size. One for no, it's it's a little bit bigger than Nate size. It's got a couch and two drink holders. Oh, that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> Fancy. Well, yeah. Well, no. I mean, here's my problem. My parents, God love them, have this wonderful lake house with a pool, but it is 45 minutes away. So it is 90 minutes round trip for us to go and swim. And if we're going to go out there for a few hours, it is fabulous. Mm -hmm. But if Nate just wants in the pool for 20 minutes, it's a nightmare. I mean, it's loading Nate. It's loading Maddie because Maddie and my parents' dog, Bella, are best friends and they love to play. And anytime we can get the two of them together, we get them together. And so an 80-pound dog, a three-and-a-half-year-old kid, my husband, me, all the junk. <laughs> I, I, I could be leaving the state of Texas. At any given moment, I could leave the state of Texas in my car and have enough clothes for Nate for at least 24 hours. <laughs> um, and so I finally was like, okay, we're going to buy this blow up pool because the community pools are closed because of COVID right. this year. And I apparently decided to buy one like during the um, run on all supplies, all fun summer supplies. <laughs> <laughs> so what was normally a $50 pool had run up to a $250 pool. Mm. And this isn't like a single use, single summer use pool type situation. Yeah. And so I, I tracked it online, and once it got back down to a reasonable level, I snagged it, and it arrived today. And my husband called me and just said, uh, you bought a pool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh <laughs> I don't think Joaquin's thrilled with me right now because uh, I forgot to buy the air pump to go with the pool. Ooh. But we'll figure that one out. You'll make it work. Well, I know what you're doing this weekend. Yeah. And Nate. I've but, got a pool. Well, it sounds like a good investment, though, for the time you'll save and and Nate, I'm sure Nate will love it. And you'll get to relax a little bit as well. So, And he, yeah, he, and we'll still be out at my parents. I mean, if we're going to go out there for any length of time or we're going to be in the thing for any length of time, we're going to go out to mom and dad's. Plus dad's there too. And they're there to help A, A, they're very good lifeguards. And B, they have sodas and beverages and all kinds of fun things and make us snacks. So yeah, that's still, fun. that's still choice one. But this is just, you know, to tide us over while we stay in town. I got gotcha. you. Well, very good. Well, today let's talk about some some challenges for women, Bree. Um, I know we had you work with quite a few women, and and we have a number of women listening to the podcast. And you know, we don't really tailor it specifically to to men and women normally, but there are a lot of women uh, or challenges that face women specifically that are unique to women. So let's run through that today. And I'll remind everybody first too that you can find everything we talk about plus a lot more. Uh, on on Bree's website, estesfinancial.net. You can connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. They make it easy to get connected with them. If you need help with your financial planning, you can do that uh, also by calling them at 817-444-8402. So 
Let's hop into this a little bit. I'm, I'm very interested in this because I, I think even for men, this is a valuable topic too, to know how you can help your wife. And we're going to have a little, maybe a little uh, bit of advice for, for the husbands that are listening to this too, before we, before we wrap it up. But let's start. Uh, I'm curious about your office specifically. What, what level of engagement do you find that most women have with the retirement planning process inside their household? Our office is a little bit different, I think, than most um or at least from what I've experienced with other RIAs um, that I've worked with or having been a Raymond James advisor back at Raymond James and Associates in that we have a team and it is myself. I'm a, I'm a woman, just in case anybody didn't know. <laughs> and uh, my wonderful partner, and I'm incredibly biased because I love the man dearly, 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 my father, Tim Estes. And um, so you get both a male and female perspective on things. And it's amazing to me that sometimes clients will generally gravitate to one of us over the other one. And most everybody loves both of us. Uh, we tend to work together very well, um, probably because we're family and we're used to it. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, is that we do, d dad and I come at different things, not only with different levels of industry experience. I mean, I've been around 16 years now, but I've seen things in my career that he hasn't and vice versa, but also just from a different perspective of age, but gender as well. So women in our office tend to be pretty engaged just because we, we won't meet with just one spouse. We need to sit down and talk with both spouses. I find, uh, I used to find it incredibly demeaning when I was uh, brought into the industry. Sometimes we were trained to specifically talk to the husband. And as a woman, I always found that to be a bit condescending, mm -hmm. a bit frustrating. And every analogy I was ever taught is a sports analogy. Now, some of them I do use because, quite frankly, I am a sports nut. So it to me, it works. But it just the, the industry itself is so male dominated and so geared toward men. And it is so frustrating at times. Yeah. And you can provide, I mean, there's not enough women probably in this industry, I, I would guess. Um, it's pr very male dominated, I'm sure. So having you available, you and your father there together is, is definitely a unique setup for a lot of people and probably very valuable to have those two perspectives. And you see a lot of these challenges that women face, Bree. I mean, you, you know about them and, and you work on these quite a bit. So let's talk about a few of them. And, and why do you think there's so many, you know, so many re retired women right now are increasingly finding themselves in, in difficult financial situations? Well, it's a couple of different issues with why retiree women tend to find themselves in such a different situation. Um, the number one is we take time off uh, from our from work to sometimes tend to our families. You know, we have if we have children, we have maternity leave, um, and then we're the ones that get the phone call if there is a fever or a reason to be picked up from school or something. And so our secu social security amount just tends to not be as high as our partners or, or our male, male dominated colleagues um, in any industry. The other thing is, I mean, we're still not paid quite the same in any industry <laughs> as the yeah. men. And so that also affects how much we, we have in social security. So there's those two issues. So our primary social security amount is usually less than our spouses. So that's a, that's a problem in retirement. The other thing is that we tend to put everybody else in the family first, me included. This is something I'm trying to work on. That, that adage of, you know, put on your oxygen mask before you can help the other, those around you that they use every time you get on an airplane. Yeah. For women, that's incredibly hard. And so when we're, if, if we are the CFO spouse and we're, we're doing the books and we're paying for the bills and we're paying for school lunches and we're doing this and that and the other, 
we'll put ourselves last always. And that includes our retirement. That includes how much we put in a 401k. Rightly or wrongly, that tends to be what happens. And then the other challenge is we outlive you gentlemen. And I'm not quite sure why. I'm not sure if it's like, you know, what's in the water or what, you know, but we do. <laughs> and so a lot of times we'll be, we'll live longer into retirement than our male counterparts will or our spouses. And that can, t- that can tend to be a bigger burden on us. We also tend to be the one that helps to take, that helps take care of our family. So if you have a sick in-law or sick parent, or, you know, and you're helping out with somebody, that tends to fall to us as well. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the living longer because that is a big deal. And a lot of women find themselves um, widowed at some point in their life. Unfortunately, it's something, you know, a lot of people don't want to think about, but it is a, a fact of life. It is a reality for many women. So what are some of those specific challenges that face the widowed woman? There's quite a few. The first one being social security income coming in. Uh, the second one being, and, and a lot of these are issues with anyone in retirement, but they tend to be worse when there's only one of you and only one income coming in. It's that fear of outliving your money, fear of running out of money. You know, Social security isn't keeping up with inflation. Pensions, if you have them, aren't keeping up with inflation necessarily. I see this with a, um, a neighbor of ours. Uh, she's not widowed. They've just been divorced a really, really long time. And she's a retiree teacher. And so, I mean, she talks to me all the time about how pensions aren't keeping up. She's having to pull more from her her nest egg than she'd like. And she's terrified of running out of money. And unfortunately, she's in a situation where there's not a lot of, there's not a lot we can do. There's not a lot we can have her do. She doesn't want to go back to work. And, and I don't blame her. So it's it's a struggle for women especially. Yeah, there's a lot to think about there and, and something that uh, you probably want to try to get ahead of and plan with, plan for uh, ahead of time. So let's give some advice to the to the husbands that are listening, Bree. And I'll, ta- I'll, I'll listen to some of this advice, too, that you provide. What can we do as men to, to make sure that we don't leave behind some sort of financial mess for our wives to have to clean up later? Thank you. <laughs> and well, Keen, if you're listening to this, don't worry about it. You can turn this part off. Don't worry. I have I have everything taken care of. That was my message to my husband. Nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have a little bit of a different situation. <laughs> but I remember when one of my grandfathers died and he kept everything on a computer. Now, granted, this was like one of the original Mac computers. I mean, it still had that disk space where you could put one of those, what were they, three by three like things into it. Yeah. But he never left grandma the password. It was all on the computer, but she had no idea. Um, grandma didn't know where she banked. She didn't know who their CPA was. <laughs> um, and and it, was, it was frightening. It was really, really frightening. And so I would say, and, and I'm seeing less and less of this with different generations, but both spouses need to be part of any financial conversation. It shouldn't just be one spouse. So... Get everybody involved. Don't, don't, you know, talk to your wife. And a lot of times I used to hear in my career, oh, she doesn't care. I make the decisions. She cares. <laughs> and you know what? She'd probably appreciate it every once in a while to be consulted on different things. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, and the same goes for me. I, I, Joaquin and I have a budget that we, we have and that if one of us is going to spend any more than that budget, there better be a text or a phone call or something. There's a little bit of a conversation. Um, that goes on. And so I just, I think that's respectful. And the other thing I would think is, you know, make sure they know all of your benefits through work and you need to know all of theirs. 
because nowadays there's so many different things that you might have through work. For example, I didn't realize my husband had health insurance, not health insurance. I knew he had that life insurance through work that came up the other day. I was shocked. No idea. We might actually be overinsured on him because I was unaware of it. So it's just, just something that we needed to, to have talked about and that he didn't even think to tell me. And we talk about this stuff all the time. So that that's something I think you can. I like to we sit down and have a monthly state of affairs meeting. Hmm. Now, the way we do it is a nice beverage <laughs> and we kind of just talk through everything. But I find it works. I mean, the other part of me that loves all of this open communication and honest communication is financial infidelity is one of the leading causes to, of divorce. So just keeping everything opening, open and keeping communication lines open and not not getting on to us when we have, you know, a day where we maybe buy one more thing than we should. Like, just know that that's not a habit or make sure it's not a habit and then work together with us. My hobbies are very different than my husband's. His are expensive. Mine are expensive too, but mine are just as valuable as his are. That's a pretty good idea to have that uh, state of the kind of the state of the finances meeting every month. That's a a really good idea. I think it, it's a good thing for a lot of people to incorporate if they can to have that conversation and just be on the same page constantly. That's got to be a big positive. Well, I know you work with uh, divorced women quite a bit and widowed women inside your practice, but I want to end here kind of with maybe a story or give an example for our listeners of, of a time that you've worked with somebody like this that came to you for, for help, maybe in a tough situation financially due to whatever reason, but you were able to kind of step in and put a plan together to make a big difference in her life. One of my first clients back a million years ago when I started my career was a widow. And I think I've told this story before, but I can't remember. So anyway, she came to me and she didn't even know how to fill out a check register. She just had a box of statements. And so I sat down and taught her how to fill out a check register and taught her how to journal, you know, keep a, a journal of all the checks that you have outstanding, make sure you have enough money in there. But then a month later, she calls me and she was con all confused. And apparently she had forgotten that you could write a check for any amount of money you, you wish, but the bank's only going to cover it unless if you have the money in the bank. She thought every check was equivalent to a certain amount of money she had. Hmm. So she ran out of money from her checking account because she still had checks left. So in her mind, it was like, oh, I've still got money in there. So we had to go over it again. But that when she, had, she hadn't been widowed very long and the poor woman just was <laughs> heartbroken. That's the only way I can explain it is just she missed her husband forever till her dying breath. And so seeing that really, really opened my eyes and seeing what my one of my grandmothers went through and knowing what happened to Tim's parents, um, having those grandparents taken advantage of by an unscrupulous financial advisor, it really, really opened my heart to making sure people understand the the decisions they're making, the financial decisions they're making. and. Um, I'm happy to see generations shift and to see more women come in our office and more women calling to have the meeting and, and, and being part of the financial planning process because it's their life too. Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I think that gives, you know, all women a good idea. Look, no matter what kind of situation you're in, there is, you know, there is a solution and you can work with someone like Bree and Tim at SS Financial Services to take care of these things. So, you know, don't fret, don't, don't feel like all hope is lost, you know, reach out. Uh, you can find them online, ssfinancial.net, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Also, you can call them 817-444-8402. And the good news for our listeners, male or female, you always have 
something to offer up on the podcast, Bree, which I always appreciate. But anybody listens to the show can reach out to you, contact you, and get your Ticking Tax Time Bomb Toolkit free of charge. Yes. And the reason I love this, especially for us women, is because we live so long. So what we do is we take a look. I mean, we do. Yeah. Um, and so in it, what you're going to get is you're going to get our, our book, Financial Flight Plan book. It's seven lessons to save your retirement. We already talked about how our retirement tends to be the smaller one and that it has to last longer sometimes. So we want to make the most of it. You know, you work hard for your money. You work hard taking care of everybody else. Make your money work for you. It's got a great CD in there, some two really good reports on five risks that could destroy your retirement and our tax special report. And the kit itself is valued at $97, but now we have it. We have a digital version as well that you can download. So highly recommend reaching out and getting that if you haven't already got it. And for you federal employees that are listening, we have a kit geared directly to you as well because your federal benefits are confusing. So give us a call on that and we've got that for you as well. Check them out. SSFinancial.net is where you can find all of that. It's getting to know you time. Time now for getting to know you question for Bree. All right. We learned a lot about your family on the show week in, week out. So I think this is going to be another uh, something we can add to the, the, the chapters that you put together in this book uh, that we've had on this podcast. So what unique family traditions does your family have? Okay. There's, there's obviously I have a big family. I mean, I have four parents four immediate parents and, and in-laws. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, we are the modern American family. Let me put it that way. So there's quite a few, but my favorite one is one that Wakeen and I developed specifically for our little family. It used to just be Wakeen and I and Cosmo, our first, my first rescue dog, the dog I rescued while I was in college, who unfortunately passed um, right after Nate was born. And now it is for Wakeen and I and Nate. And now we get to add Maddie to it. And it is Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, if we're home, um, which has happened since Nate's been born, we've been pretty, we've been staying close to home for Christmas Eve. We all sleep on, or we all watch Elf on the pull-out couch in the living room, and it's the one time the dog's allowed on the furniture, and we all snuggle together and we watch Elf, and so that is our one of our our family traditions. I love it. I love Christmas Eve. Christmas is my favorite holiday, so. I appreciate that tradition for sure. All right, closing it out with a mailbag question. Again, if you ever have anything on your mind, send it in to us, estisfinancial.net as a website, and we will bring it to the show. This question comes in from Christy. I'm about to get married this summer. It will be my second marriage. Well, the second marriage for both of us. Are there any financial issues I should be thinking about before entering into a second marriage like this? Ooh, Christy, I'm so glad you reached out. This is a super good question. Yes. Please make a copy of all of your statements. Get the statement from the month before you get married. This includes 401ks. This includes investment accounts. This includes basically everything you come into the marriage with. It's just good to have. Hopefully you never use it, but it's just great to have in case you need to do some tracing later on. So yes, please, please, please print a copy of your statement. Thank you for that question, Christy. Again, uh, very, very good question indeed. And you came to the right source, uh, Bree. Very helpful in that regard. And any questions you ever have, though, send them into the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. SSFinancial.net. There you're going to find a lot of resources, including that ticking tax time bomb toolkit, which you can request now. And Bree uh, will send it over to you free of charge. It is uh, very valuable and very helpful, especially for women. And hopefully this podcast today 
Bree was very helpful to women. I hope so. So ladies and gentlemen, everyone who's listening, go out and lead an abundant life.